many of you really anticipating uh, this family series? This, this is one of the highlights of our ministry for over 25 years. I know it has blessed my marriage. Uh, it has blessed us, and it has taught us so much because the stuff we talk about, we actually have to live. Uh, so, you're good? I'm good. You kind of, yeah. why you kind of like that? Kind of like what? Quiet. You look good. You look really good. I like hearing you talk. Oh, we really? haven't done this for a while. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, for those of you that were here last week, uh, thank you for making sure that the word of God was shared with uh, the congregation and those abroad. We were in Mexico with Pastor Richard and Pastor Juanita Velos. We, they hosted uh, Martin Williams International, Shake the Nation Mexico. And... Um, it was tremendous. It was phenomenal. And so we just want to give a shout out to them there. They are watching this morning. So if you can just say hello to them by clapping up your hands. Yes. And while we were there, you know, the border has been shut for so many years now. And uh, that Monday when we were coming out, they opened up the borders. So people can begin to move around again for whatever that means, all right? So we were just so excited what the Lord is doing there. They're doing such a wonderful kingdom work. Um, you, would, you would really feel like when you went into Tijuana to the church, you would see all the effects of what Mexico is in that area. But as you would approach the church and you would go into the gate, you would really, really forget that you were in Mexico. You would probably think, you were sitting in Omaha, Nebraska at Ambassador's Worship Center. You are, you would just be amazed. So anyway, why don't you say hello? Oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, babe. You're thinking we have so much to share. And, you know, I thought you and I made up our minds. We're just, gonna, we're just going to talk to you this morning. You know, we're just going to talk to you. We want to say uh, welcome to our Patterson family, all the way from Texas. We're so glad to have you this morning. And for all of you, how many of you, this would be your first family series with Ambassadors Worship Center? Let me see your hands. Wow. Wow. Uh -oh. Run, Whoa. run, get out. You know what? It, it, gets, it, it gets tight, but it'll be right. Amen? And so all we ask you to do is just loosen up. And just hear the words that we would share with you and just see how much of it you can make adjustment and apply to your own lives, all right? We're by no means experts, but we are perfect in our desire and our hope to share with you things that have blessed our lives. So we thank God for our children, Josh and Callie and Vanessa. So we're going to get started. And this year's um, family series is our subject, Family Forever. You cannot get out. You are in it forever. Amen? Can you say forever? Forever. All right. Well, you know what I like to do? I always like to start with a, a, a quick introduction. And so I want you to just... Thank you, guys. A, you can sit if you'd like. Yeah, get on down there with your spouses and your mamas and your daddies and everybody. Yeah. It's good to be together. Right? All right, so the introduction, let's start with an introduction. And I want you to do like they would do in elementary school back in the country, in the little country school I grew up in on a dirt road. They would say, put your thinking caps on, okay? Literally, I want you to, you want you to sit up and lean in, in a sense, and just listen to this introduction about uh, the origin.
origin of family. I, I'm just amazed at how we don't even realize what family is because I know I didn't. I thought I did. So here it is. Once, once family origin. The family one grew up in, as opposed to the people one currently lives with, is the place that people typically learn to become who they are. From the family of your origin, a person learns how to communicate, process emotions, and get their needs met. People also learn many of their values and beliefs from their very own families. Would you agree? Individuals typically de develop a sense of self in the context of their family. Children who are shown love and kept safe may develop a strong sense of self. But if love and safety are frequently unavailable, a child's sense of self may be weak or even damaged. Most families will have some negative aspects as well as positive ones, and any and all family traits may have an effect on your adult life. It goes on to say that um, if one's family or origin was dysfunctional, and we know that could be the case, and I really don't think any of our families that are really not, we go through seasons of it, and then some are more uh, severe. If one's family or origin was dysfunctional, issues such as abuse, substance abuse, poor health, or poverty did not provide children with a world, uh, with a real world, real, uh, with real world skills, or did not adequately demonstrate love, that person may experience difficulties in their lives later on, especially if they, especially when they start their own family. So you are the family that you will start. We have to remember that. They might also, in many cases, have developed coping strategies or related strengths in the face of difficult upbringings. Without an awareness of how these issues affected them, it is likely that negative patterns may be repeated over time. A child who witnesses parents make certain choices or engage in certain behaviors may also develop a tendency to behave in similar manners. Whether they intended to or not, most people carry their family origin with them throughout life. So with that being said, I want to say that it is time for us to take a close, close look into the persons that we are because we are a part of, of a family, and we got to understand what role we play inside of those families. That was awesome. Introduction. So you got a definition for what family is? I do. Okay. Why don't you read it? Okay, I'll read it. Uh, a family is the foundational institution of a society ordained by God. Families refer to groups of persons united by the ties of marriage, blood, adoption, um, constituting a single household or interacting with each other in their respective social um, positions. So what we're trying not to do is define what a family should be. That is really up to you. That's really up to what the situation you're in right now. Whatever that family construct you're in, 
That's your family, mm -hmm. good, bad, or indifferent, <laughs> right? That's what it looks like to you, and that's the way you should look at it. And we're not here to either judge or tell you what it should be. We're here to encourage you to build your family forever. Yes. Find a way to keep this thing together. Find a way to keep it moving because it has substantial benefits if you do, right? Uh, so is it okay I go to the scripture now? Or you got something else? Yeah, when you say that, but there is a, uh, an original family model and that we all have either heard of or had a glimpse of, and it comes from the Bible. In uh, Genesis 1, 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created he him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and every creeping thing. So God has a pattern, a model for family. And then the first model was who? Adam and Eve. They were the first formed family on the earth to actually demonstrate and to be the evidence of what God intended as a family. And the family unit would start because God created what? Male and female. Now, that was God's original model. Now, listen, I don't care how American we are or whatever your nationality is or where you were born across the water, we cannot change God's original idea when it comes to marriage and for building a family. And you cannot legislate. You cannot write laws. I don't care what we do. As we can be truthful as a congregation, as a community of believers, we can say, because we have been tampering with the original model, thus we have so many problems on the earth. Can we establish that? No matter how much I want something different than the original, I am going to reap the consequences of going against what God has set in place. Amen? Let the church say amen. Now, okay, we have to differentiate, though, because some people will hear that and say, something's wrong with my family because there's not a marriage. Okay. So that's how God designed marriage. We can't move away from that. But your family <laughs> could have a bunch of components without a marriage. And if your family is there, there's nothing ungodly about it. Right? The, the, the objective is, is in the beginning, God sanctified that as marriage. And the foundation for family. In the world we live in, it doesn't always end up that way. Children come out of different situations. Things may happen. Grandma ends up raising the kids because the child is dead or whatever. In my case, it was a sister coming home to raise her younger siblings because mom and dad were gone. So whatever condition your family is in, we want it to be blessed. We want it to be blessed. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're thinking about marriage, let's stick with God's way. 
if you're thinking about marriage, let's stick with God's way. That's the foundation of, 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 of his whole kingdom. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, what you heard, you might say, well, are they uh, in conflict up here? Absolutely not. No. Uh, we have to feed on each other like this because he, he probably sensed something like I didn't say or people said I said that I didn't say. It was just your perception of what I said. But uh, I just, you know, we are on the same page. But as a people, we've got to get back to the original idea. Especially for marriage. For, okay. Yeah. I interrupted you, didn't I? No, because, I, yeah, I think that's established as marriage, but we um, ex founded on that. We can build God's families at a better rate. Agreed. Let's get to the scripture. So oh. Proverbs 24. <laughs> so Proverbs 24 uh, says this, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite scriptures, and uh, we'll read it from the New King James first. It says, through wisdom... Uh, through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. Uh, knowledge, then, uh, knowledge by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So the three things that God says about building a family or a house, we'll read that from uh, another translation in a moment. But he says it's, it's built on wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and that's upside down. So what you know, you need to understand. If you know it, if you hear it, you need to understand it. And then wisdom is how do you apply it. So the idea is to hear something about how families are built, uh, cognitively and emotionally and spiritually comprehend it so that you can put it in practice, which is wisdom. So if we never hear how it's supposed to be built, we'll never comprehend it. And, it, and you can't put something in action that you've not comprehended, that you don't understand. You can't do something you don't understand, right? So on those levels, we build our families. We build our relationships, mm -hmm. and it helps us uh, move forward. So there's another version of the Bible that says uh, wise people are builders. They build families. They build businesses. They build communities. And through intelligence and insight, their enterprises are established and they endure because they're skilled because of their skilled leadership the hearts of people are filled with treasures of wisdom and the treasures of spiritual wealth and we can also add money to that because as you build your family you have to think of a family structure that becomes an economical power if you do this right you have 10 or so generations in your family where you're, you, you find a way to stick together. You have to find a way to stick together. And at the end of this, your families are secure, but about that third or fourth generation, everybody in the family is wealthy, no matter where you start. So these principles we're going to be talking about today is just that. It's just knowledge that... that, that um, that we begin to understand and we begin to build. So first of all, let me just say, because we're going to get into uh, the first point of this, is we are really novice at this. We're learning. We're trying to figure it out, right? Uh, we've decided to stay in relationship with one another. We have two children. One of them's married. Callie will be married soon. Um, and it's like they'll start to have children and all that stuff. Now, how many of you out there are already great-grandparents? 
great-grandparents. You see, see, these are great-grandparents, and they're going to look at me and say, you don't know what you're talking about, right? And we don't. We're not even grand. How many are grandparents? Yeah, we really don't know what we're talking about yet. Neither one of our children have children. So, the, but these, are, this is the knowledge. This is the knowledge that we're learning and trying to put into practice. Does that make sense? All right, good. So, first we're going to talk about, you ready? You sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. We haven't done this in a while. Feels kind of awkward. Okay, so what's awkward about it to you? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Our world is in trouble. And this is where my friend, my husband, father, uh, the world is in trouble. And it seems like nobody would just tell us why we're in trouble. And I am on a campaign to say we are so far from God's original idea that the consequences of that is what we're facing. Husbands don't know who they are. Fathers don't know how to be fathers. Mothers are in a place of unknowing who they are from one day to the other. And uh, children are just caught in the crossfire. And then we got these older adult children that go off and take wives and husbands. And, and the whole pattern just starts over. So we're hoping that by sharing these principles and these points, that by some way, hook or crook, that you would take some of this information and consider making some real adjustments in your houses, in your marriages, in your parenting, a single household, uh, a man and a woman, you know, whatever. We're family, but we've got to get back as close as we can to the original idea of how to be family. I I really want to understand what it means to be family. I want to be better at it. And then to extend that from what we are, then it becomes a community, the village. But could we please, in this hour or so that we have, really take what we believe our families are and just hold it in front of us, and then consider, after hearing this information, making some crucial adjustments. Can we do that together? Don't you want to be better? I want to be a better woman. I want to be a better mother. I want to be a better wife. I just want to be a better citizen in the world that I live in. So, yes, I'm good. You better now? I'm a little better now. Martin, the tire's flat. The tire's flat. The tire's flat. Oh, babe, I didn't know the tire was flat, but the tire's flat. Okay, the tire's flat. So you, in our relationship, you help me see some things that need to be fixed. Okay. And I fix it. Mm -hmm. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I know there are issues in our families. That's why I spend more time talking about how to fix it than I do about there's a problem. Cause that's your role. That's my role. Cause, mm -hmm. cause if I don't fix it, yes, then all we're gonna be talking about is the problem. So, ain't ain't nobody up in here. Ain't ain't okay. If I was in Mississippi, I'd say ain't nobody up in here that don't know there's a problem. So let's talk about how to fix it. But would you not agree Bay. that until you Bay. recognize Bay. that there is a problem, Bay. nothing can be fixed? Bay, I'm telling you. I just want you to communicate you, that. Communicate that. Communicate that. I'm telling you, I know there's a flat. But how many families just ignore, ignore, we, suppress? That, no, hold, hold on. Hey. Hold, hold on. I'm See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Our job, Our job is to sit up here and give them information. It's up to them whether they want to understand it. And it's shown enough up to them whether they want to well, use it. Well, you sure it. got a lot of agreement on this side. <laughs> yep, yep, Okay, yep. okay. If this, if this <laughs> is about agreement, how uh -oh. many of you agree with my wife? No, no, no. Sit down. Y'all all agree? Let's do the wave. Okay. Come on. Ay, ay, ay. Not you. We agree, Pastor we agree. Manel. Okay. We agree. Yeah. So, <laughs> at the top of your page, Let's talk about the challenges as if we already aren't. What are the challenges in building a family? Mm. What are the challenges? I say the first challenge is me. The first challenge in building a family is who am I? Mm. You ever go to one of those restaurants and uh, the way they serve you breakfast is they put a bunch of eggs in one pitcher. Yes. And they pour those eggs on the griddle. They make everybody scrambles egg, scrambled eggs. Well, 24 eggs in there, but if one is bad, it makes the whole batch bad. And in a marriage, uh, you are not 50-50. Mm -hmm. In a marriage, the only way it works is if you're 100 and 100. So, so I, I have to be cognizant that I could be the worst part of this omelet. Mm -hmm. I have to deal with that. I can't go into a relationship saying that she's the problem. I have to see everything in the relationship and I have to point back to myself. You know why? Because I can't control her. And it's illegal for me to try to control her. So what must I do? I gotta make sure I gotta make sure I'm a good egg before we get married. <laughs> yes. Right? 
And if I'm a good egg, before I get married, I have to make sure she's a good egg too. Mm-hmm. Right? So here's the question. Your first challenge is you. Don't look at grandmama, auntie, nieces, nephew, grandchildren. Look at yourself and say, am I whole? Am I complete? Is there anything I need to deal with in my family? Yes, I'm mad at my dad. I got a problem with my mom. I got daddy issues, mommy issues, whatever the issues are. But is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my perspective? Mm-hmm. Did something happen to me that I haven't dealt with? Mm. That's your first challenge. Your first challenge is not someone else in the family. Your first challenge is you. And if you see it that way, then everything becomes balanced. Wow. You know, I spent the last three days, uh, I started a certification process for trauma healing. And um, what you just explained is basically what we talked about for three days. Everything in society rises and falls on the individual. And too often, we let love cloud our judgment when it comes to joining ourselves, okay. which is our next point, right. the process of joining. Right. We most time, as good eggs, good individuals, don't utilize proper timing to evaluate, first and foremost, ourselves and if it's time to begin to join with another, which is the first steps of what would, would or could become the building of a family, right? The origin of a family. But if you don't take the necessary time to really look inward, mm. I mean, be very truthful at looking at who you are, and what you would be presenting to another human spirit is going to be a problem. Somewhere very soon in the joining together, it's going to come up. And it's unresolved issues and things like that. And it's really unfair that if I had a lot of what we call uh, emotional baggage, garbage, that I didn't take my own garbage out and dispose of it yeah, you need as to much do as that. I can. Because, now, you're not going to yeah. be perfect, though, right? No, that's not the goal. Uh-huh. The goal is for me to be whole. Right. And the goal is for you to be whole. Big difference. Because if I start collecting your garbage to throw it out yeah. of our marriage or of, of our family, mm-hmm. what I think is garbage is, not. is precious to you. Right, right. That's not for me to deal with. I should not have to deal with that. You should not have to deal with that in me. I should be man enough to say, I have an issue, and I need to take care of this. Yes. And, and I a, should do that. And a lot of times you can't take care of this by yourself. You, you rarely you, can. You, you rarely can. And we need to really, really sort of grow up to let someone tell us the truth about ourselves and be able to be mature enough to really look at it uh, with, with truthful eyes. And if you don't want to be that, you can change that. You can alter that. But it's going to take some time. And it's going to take a whole lot of truth. 
And we just gotta have, we gotta have courage to begin to walk through that process of joining with others. Right, because in this process of joining with others, here's the big deal. I'm, I am Martin, I am what I experienced. 30 miles away, she experienced a whole different life. Just 30 miles from my house. Totally different family structure, totally different financial and economic, totally different. So now what we're trying to do is bring me together with her. Right. Whoa, right? (laughs) Then you're going to have children to add to this. Then you're going to add grandchildren to this. You're going to add in-laws. Yes. You're going to add all of that. All of that coming together is work. That's the work, and that's why you need to be whole. Because most people who are not whole, the first thing they want to do is run. Mm. So they run from everything. They use their reasons and excuses, but they run from everything, right? They, they run from everything. But in these cases... The problem is, if I were to leave Linnell and run away, the one person I'm running away from goes with me. Yes. And that's me. I have to take me everywhere I go. (laughs) So I might as well figure out how to deal with me. Right? Because now I want to be in love with her. I want to live with her forever. I want to grow up in the house with her and her children which are my children. I want my grandchildren to feel comfortable at my house. I want my in-laws to feel comfortable at my house. I want my son's in-laws to feel comfortable at my house. I want my daughter's in-laws to feel comfortable at my house. And when you start adding all those people, because I'm telling you they're weird. One, (laughs) one One person away from you is weird. Your wife is weird. Your husband is weird. Uh-huh. They are strange with two R's. Strange. They are strange because they're not you. So the more people you add to your family, none of them will be like you. And you know, you don't just do this one time and forget it. This is for as long as you are together Absolutely. and as you bring others into this intimate circle. So those of you that are uh, falling in love and, and you're finding the love of your lives, remember, you're not the only person that's going to have to love these people. You, you really, really, see law, pause on that. You know, we all got to sit at the Thanksgiving table. And we all want to be, be engaged in conversation, and we want to make sure that we do our best to love each other. Don't make it so difficult uh, by choosing people that won't really fit the, the, the culture of your family. Wow. So young people, yeah. allow us and allow those around you, your parents and guardians and, and whoever is around you, let them be a part of what you're doing. Don't shut them out. Please don't do that. We, you, know, you know how that goes, right? So allow them to be a part of what is, being, what is developing in your heart about another person. Here's the third challenge, embracing one vision. Mm. So men, and I'm sure PJ and I or someone, a, a men's panel or something before these couple of week, few weeks are over, we have to address what's happening with men. 
because we're losing our way. And I want to be honest with you. Men across the section of the world, it's not just America, it's not one, just one skin color, it's not just one economic place, but men are now losing their resilience. Mm. Wow. We're losing our resilience. We're, we're, losing our, we're losing our testosterone. We're lus- losing our manhood. We're losing our decision-making properties. We're losing mm. our faith in ourselves to take risks. Mm. We're losing that. And that becomes an issue because a strong woman wants a strong man. And children want to be in a house, not just with a man who's strong, but in a house with a man who's strong enough to be engaged. That's good. That's so good. But we're losing that. We're, We're losing our... When we used to be the ones standing up in the house, we're the ones smoking the dope. We need... We're laying on the couch somewhere crying. Mm. We're the ones that's drinking to find an escape from the world around us. Mm. While our women are fighting the battles. And I say we. This This is something we have to address because men like me, we have to stand in the middle of our family and say, this is the vision. Yep. I may not be able to get there in my head. I may not have the tools to do it, but this is the vision for my family. This is where we're headed. This is the dream. Wow. This is the passion I have. And when I proposed, when I proposed to, when I called my wife's father years ago, he asked me, he said, have you talked to her? I said, no, sir, I knew better than that. I want to talk to you first. And he said, so you don't know what she's going to say. I said, no, sir, I don't know what she's going to say. She may say no, but I'm going to ask her outright. So he said, I give you permission to ask her. So I called her. Back then, she had to go to the laundromat. I was in Korea with the 12th Army. She had to go to the laundromat to receive a phone call from me. So we're talking because in the I laundromat. Because I was in school. Yeah, you were in school. So, yeah, right. So, so when I call her. Because my dad bought us a washer and dryer. I just want to make sure, you know. <laughs> okay, by the, by the third house, I got you one. You know, we just have to work on it. We just have to work on it. You know, we got to work on it. As long as you don't call your daddy and tell him to buy you a washer and dryer, I'm good. Well, call my daddy. I need a wash and dryer. So no, you don't called do that. me don't do that. at the laundromat. I called you. You started that. So <laughs> I, I, called, I called you at the laundromat. Yes. Because if he had bought you the wash and dryer before me, that would have been an issue between me and him and you. So uh, you, you threw me off. So I call her at the laundromat, and I described to her the life I wanted to build with her. And at the end, she said, but do you love me? And I said, I wouldn't have called you. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be asking you to marry me if I didn't love you. And then I said, okay, I love you. I do. But love ain't going to make this work for us. 
I said, now, I love you. And then I asked, I didn't ask you if you love me. I want to know what I'm dealing with because we didn't, we didn't date. That's none of their business. We didn't get to do it. We sitting here <laughs> talking to them. We didn't date. We didn't do all that. No kissing, none of that stuff. We were just friends, grew up, you know, knowing one another in church. So I said, I need to know what I'm dealing with here because I got a calling on my life. I want to do something. I'm poor now, but I plan to be wealthy. I got, I got all these plans. I just think you're an amazing person. I do love you, but I want to know, can we become one? And it's like, that's what I wanted to know. Because, brother, <laughs> my brothers, <laughs> everything that's cute can become so ugly. And you will find yourself fighting with the love of your life for the dream in your heart. And there's nothing wrong with her. There's nothing wrong with her. Nothing. You're just unequally yoked. Now, listen, let me help you. Just because a man marries a woman don't mean they're equally yoked. You can marry someone that you should not be joining yourself to because the visions don't match. And one of you, if, 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 if the vision is way up here, if the vision is up here, you need to say it. You need to explain it. Because your spouse, you two ladies, you need to explain where your vision is. Because if you're going to marry someone here who has a vision, but it's here, they're eventually going to tell you it's enough. And they won't want to do anything more. And now, but you're yoked to them. You're joined to them now. And now the rest of your life that you're married, why is it so quiet? Uh, now there's a war, there's a struggle. There's this, inf there's this thing happening. It's, it's enough. I don't want to do anymore. I'm tired. They get, they get emotionally full, and there's no more room for more vision. Am I making sense? Oh, I see. Y'all can't talk because y'all sitting next to your people, ain't you? Okay, but... <laughs> But how do you come together and embrace a vision so that now your children are born and there's one vision in this house? Yeah. One. Now your children join that vision. When they get married because it's their vision, mm -hmm. they marry someone who can join that vision. When their children are born, they all join the vision. But if you have two visions, two separate ones, that's where the fight and the war and the energy is going to be spent in your family. And it's going to show up at Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's going to show up at Christmas. It's going to show up at weddings, funerals, everywhere you go, that same issue. His wife, she just thinks she's something. 
told that boy not to marry that girl. Mm. Or vice versa. When it's really just he was smart enough to marry someone that would help him get to the vision he saw in his head. Or vice versa. She married someone where the visions matched. When I say vision, I mean plan. I mean heart. I mean desire. What you both want is the same. Because now you're going to be two oxen plowing together. Did I say too much? No, I, I do. I just want to just go back to the original thing that you were saying is that we're in a day that husbands and, and men gen, in general, universal, uh, ha seemingly have lost their strength, lost their way, uh, almost as if they become paralyzed. And I know that we as women, uh, especially if you're your husband or your father of your children in the house or whatever, um, that we really want our men to tell us which way to go, where we're headed, where we're going. And, and in this season, it's, it's a different season than that season. And, and you don't just tell them one time. I, I feel like I keep saying this. You have to, we're going to talk about communication, but we want our fathers and our husbands to be in front of us, pointing the way, helping us understand that there's a, a, a deep curve that we're coming up on, that you are actually navigating this thing called family. Uh, we don't want to just assume that everything is okay. We want you to talk to us. We want you to put the plan in writing sometimes. But if you don't want to write it, just talk it out. But just don't remain silent. Don't become numb. Don't become paralyzed. I need you to talk right now. Where are we taking this family? Where, where are we taking this marriage? Uh, we've come through some crises. We've lost some things. I just need to know so how, what's, where are we headed? So what's the, what's the wife's or daughter's or what's the female part of that helping us in the family? What if all men aren't necessarily verbal or slash administrative? They, they're not going to write it down in three points. They are not going to Maybe they're introverted. Maybe they're... Mm. So what's the... Uh, uh, how does she help him do that? What kind of culture does she build for him to just feel comfortable talking and dreaming? A, a safe place. You've got to have wisdom, women, to draw it out of him. Help him. You know, babe, uh, the children are gone. The, the, you, you know, single-parent homes. Get somewhere and just talk out loud to yourself. Get in front of the mirror. And, and, and practice your presentation to your family. But if there is a husband and a wife, I believe wives, we, we have that thing about us that we can draw it out of you. And while you're talking, I'm just going to document a few things here, Martin, and then I'm going to turn around and give it back to you and so you can present it to the family as if you did it all. So it's got to be a safe haven, you know, uh, asking the Give me more. Tell me more. Uh, if you're saying that, what do you mean? So it's just drawing it out of you in a very kind tone, a very loving tone. You know, uh, not like I used to look at you like, could you just get to it? This can't be this difficult. Because, see, I'm a firstborn. 
He is a part of the last Y'all don't even know 15. what she just said. You uh, don't even understand what just happened. Yeah. No, you need to go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because something. No, not yet. What, what do you mean? Martin, it can't be this hard. Well, you just want it, me to go there, just, right? Yeah, you I just did. did. Yeah. I, I am saying there are times because uh, I am firstborn, I have to think on my feet and things like that, saying, not saying that you don't. It's okay. But the pace I'm of I'm whole. The pace. Go for it. You're whole. I'm whole. Okay, go for so it. I thought, I mean, I don't know why we're going to go through any, any more of this. I said what I needed to say. No, no, no. You put something out there, and they all want to know ah, what they you They don't want to know. You just stuck. No, I'm not stuck. Yes, I think so. No, no. I, Okay, I just said, we can, uh, where you are, the things you're not good at, we can help you in that area. We can be your wife's secretary or whatever you want, your house secretary, to help you put things in, in, a, in, a, in a way that you can share them with the family so we'll know which direction we're headed. That's all I was trying to say. Yeah, I, I, I understood it. Which part of that did you not? No, 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 no. It, that wasn't for me. Yeah, evidently it no, was. No, no, it was for, it was for everyone. <laughs> because that's the case. Firstborn of three, I'm 12 of 14. Way down there. <laughs> <laughs> so in our marriage, it's 30 miles apart, totally different lifestyle. Mom and dad in the house, bunch of people. I'm 12 or 14, mom and dad are gone, siblings raising us. So now when we're trying to talk about anything, it doesn't matter what it is, it's two different perspectives. And so I have to be, our children are over there going, my <laughs> Lord Jesus. That's why we didn't want them sitting behind us on this one. Well, and let me just say this too. Now you know, now you know, well, I'm looking at a lot of you, especially when you are a daddy's girl. He, he taught me stuff that he didn't teach my sister. He taught me how to wear the skirts, the ruffled socks, and the britches. He, he taught me how to go dig the worms and how to put them on the hook to go catch the fish for dinner. So th that we are a little unique. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a sixth sense when it comes to being female. You and mean firstborn female? Firstborn okay. and, and just being that, that daddy's girl, in a sense. Okay. Yeah. You, you have to be careful with us. Yeah. And, uh -huh. I, and, I, and I knew that from the beginning. I knew that. Now you, you Yeah, that's why I kept talking to you. Because I'm like. <laughs> we need to get on. We need to move on. No, no. Yeah, we do. No, we good. We don't. The objective is not to finish. So. So that's why, that's why I kept frustrating you before we got married. Because I, your father is very strong, always present, an amazing provider. Yeah. He has a ninth grade education, but he's brilliant. He dropped out of school to take care of his siblings. He married your mother and raised yep. his three children. Super strong. You and him, you are a daddy's girl, period, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. My best friend was my mother who died when I was nine. Yeah. 
So I, have, I was dealing with that spirit of abandonment. Yeah. I knew I was dealing with that. So the worst kind of woman I could marry was a firstborn strong woman. Because she was not going to tolerate any of the areas that I needed a mother. Yeah. 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 So even though I knew you were my wife for years and never proposed, I knew I had to work on me. Because <laughs> if I didn't work on me, you would end up looking like a meat grinder to me after three years. So I had to be prepared yeah. for you, daddy's girl. Yeah. So that's why I called him first. So let me tell you what I told him that I didn't tell you. Now, if I marry your daughter, I want her to be my wife first and your daughter second. I want her to see me as a husband first and you as a father second. And I'm asking you to give me time. <laughs> I told him I didn't use these words. I said, I'm different from you in that sense. And she's probably going to live three to seven years pissed at me. And I did. Yes. <laughs> I knew that because I'm not him. But I made him this promise. I said, I will honor her. I will never mistreat her. I will never misuse her. I will protect her. And my last promise to your father was, and if this doesn't work out, I will bring her... <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> I will drive her back to your house, and I will put her in your house. I won't abuse, she won't have no scratches on her, no bruises on her, or anything. He said, if you keep that promise, we'll be fine. And that's why he never sent you no money when, you, when we needed it. He couldn't send you any money because I wanted to be in that place. But wasn't I tough over the years, though? Because you would look at me and say, what's the plan? Where are we going? I mean, shoot. We're sitting up in here in this house. Ain't no heat on. We up in Nebraska. <laughs> we, we starving. I mean, what's the plan? What's happening? What, 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 I mean, what are we doing? We need a plan. Talk to me. I'm like, I ain't talking to you right now. Because if I talk to you right now, there's going to be issues. I said, let me get back to you. That was your strategy. Was that my strategy? Yeah, yeah. Are you glad to be where you are? Absolutely. Have I done good? You have done well. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, my brothers of every origin, I'm telling you, you can do a lot of things. You can, you can do a lot of things even if you feel like you can't. You can, you can lead your family in a lot of ways, even if you're intimidated by your wife. We don't want our women to be weak. We just need them to be accepting of us. We don't need to look for that outside the house. We don't, we don't need to look for 
places to be vulnerable outside of her breasts. We need to be able to lay our heads there and be weak, be vulnerable, be lost. Mm. I just don't know. I don't know. I want to know. <laughs> I'm trying to know, but I don't know. Can you give me just a few months not to know? <laughs> Can you not wake me up in the morning and say, so what's the plan? Like I got one last night. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And men, this is what you do. You say, I don't know, but I know what I see. I don't really know how to get, I don't, I'm telling you, sweetheart, I don't know how to get there, but I can tell you what I see. I can tell you what I want. I can tell you what I'm dreaming. I, I can tell you how I feel. And then you need to get to, can you help me? That's it. Bay, can you help me? Right. I'm right. telling you, that's probably one of the biggest rewards in a relationship between a yeah, husband and wife is being able to get to this point and just being you and saying, I don't know, and it being okay. And know. just, I want to help you when I sense that type of heartfelt openness that you really don't know and you value my helping you okay and that's that 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 has really allowed us to now celebrate and still be in this relationship for 34 years is being able to learn how to talk to each other he is not my enemy I finally know that. It took you 45 years, but you know it. 45? Yeah, oh, I, was, I was... Okay, we don't need to go through all that. I was 12 when I met you. Yes, you do, because you keep forgetting. You keep forgetting. You keep forgetting. Keep forgetting. Keep forgetting. <laughs> it is good that I forget. I met you at 13, 12. No. Shush. It was 12 and I was 9. Yes. We met, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> the last two are these. Not feeling valued. Not feeling valued is a challenge. Yes. You just said that. Mm -hmm. And. Feeling stuck. Feeling stuck. And having too many unresolved issues. Um, Those are challenges. Yes. Yeah, you, you have to, what? you've got to face those things. So You've got to identify them first. Okay, yeah. So, so ladies who want to be married and men who want to be married, don't overlook the, ladies, don't overlook the man in your life who has something big, but he may not be there yet. He may not accomplish what's in his heart until you help him. Right? And if he doesn't feel good about himself, he may be a bit bashful or afraid to tell you what he's dreaming because he, he may have come from the wrong understanding that he needs to know how to get there. He may not understand he needs your help. He may not get that. So you want to encourage him to be around other men 
who have a listening relationship with their wife. Hmm. It's called a listening relationship. You just have to let her talk. You have to let her tell you, honey, this is how I see it. I think this is what we can do. And my brothers, eventually your daughters will grow up and they'll start talking to you, dad. Don't do that. Do it this way. This is the way. <laughs> My daughter texted me the other day, sitting at the table with me and her mother. She's across the table. <laughs> same table. We're in the same restaurant, texting me. On my phone. She texted me. Said, Dad, you're with Mom. Put your phone down. It's a text. Whoop, <laughs> whoop. I look across the table, <laughs> and I say, do you want to pay for your own meal today? What's going on? <laughs> and mom's like, what are y'all talking about? I said, nothing. Because <laughs> I don't want her to know that her daughter told me to put down my phone. I, I put my phone down. <laughs> but because your children... Mm. Your children know what the mom needs, and your children know what dad needs. Because they've been living up in your, our dysfunctional house. Okay, let's deal with this. I know you think you might have a perfect house, but every house in here is dysfunctional. There is something going on in all of our houses. All of us. All of us. All of us. All of us. That we need to fix. It's not functioning correctly, purely at its highest level. Some of your houses are, are some so, of our houses. Some of your houses are too big. Your houses are so big. Just because you're not encountering each other does not mean there's not dysfunction in there. You got so much space. When you come back home from the nine to five, somebody's in the basement, in the way back north 40 of the basement. Somebody's upstairs. Somebody's uh, on the deck. You got so much space. Sometimes you can just have yeah. the, 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 the avoidance right. until you don't ever deal with anything. Right. I think we were, you know, I'm not saying anything crazy, but... Maybe we were better at being family when we had smaller dwelling places. That we could hear each other breathing and doing other things that we didn't want to hear. But it's just, we're so distant. We got to bring ourselves back together. And I remember uh, when home economics and things like that, they would say, try to do dinner at the table. What if we did that again, that we could look across the table, that your daughter could say, Dad, put the phone down or whatever. We're eating all over the house, eating in the bedroom, eating in the bathroom. No, no, no. Eating in the bathroom. <laughs> Too much TikTok. But it, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So unresolved issues. Yeah. It's a challenge. It really is. So, here are the four things we want to encourage you to do as you're building your family. 
we want you to understand, number one, what covenant is, uh, what communication is, mm -mm. what communion is, and what coping is. A covenant is a commitment. Mm -hmm. Are you committed to your family? Have you told your children, I'm telling you right now, son, I'm telling you right now, nothing but death can keep me from you. Period. I'm telling you right now, Linnell, I'm telling you right now, I tell you this at least once a week. I look at you and I say, I don't care where you are, I don't care how you feel, I don't care if you hate me, I am never leaving. Mm -hmm. Never. Don't say never, Martin. I have to say never. Because if I leave any space in there with this woman, I'm going to find a way. I have to say, I am committed. I'm dead. I'm dead to every idea other than you. There's nothing inside me that will draw me away from you. There might be, there might be wonder, there might be craziness in my head. There might be some issues in our, there might be that stuff. But I'm telling you, I'm committed to you. And I told my children, I'm committed to your mother. I'm committed to her. And I'm committed to you. I told my children, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. They get old enough, they start talking back. What do you mean never? Nobody can say never, Dad. I said, I can. I can say never. I've made up my mind. I'm in a covenant with you. Now, let me say this. We have elders and people who talk from this pulpit who have gone through divorce. We have leaders that we respect highly, that we look up to and take advice from, who have gone through a marriage that didn't work. Mm -hmm. We know that happens. And we honor it. We honor the pain and the suffering that comes from a marriage or family that's struggling or goes through a separation or a breakup. We get it. And we honor it. We see no difference in that. God doesn't like divorce, but he loves everybody. Yes. Right? Simply put. Am I making sense? Yes, but as far as me and my house, I decided... I'm not leaving. Now, I didn't go weird and say, you're not leaving either. No, I'm not weird like that. <laughs> That's her. But I'm saying, I'm not leaving. I'm here. And I told her once, I said, now, understand if you leave, <clears throat> if, if, you, if you leave, I'm going to let you leave. If you ask me for a divorce, I'm going to give it to you because I love you. But this is what you got to know. <laughs> Wherever you move, I'm moving. 
That's cute. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be five minutes away. <laughs> so if you ever need me, uh. <laughs> I'm going to be five minutes away. Okay. And if you're living, I'm not even going to think about marriage until you get remarried. Oh. And then I'm going to pray for that divorce. <laughs> That's I got Are we clear? I got your point. Yes. So so, so think of this as a definition, a, a textbook definition of covenant. Now see if you hit her like that, bro. My <laughs> hey bro. You hit her like that before the wedding, she'll think twice. She said, who is this boy? What's wrong with this dude right here? He like he ain't never going nowhere. And if I want to leave him, he going to follow me and be nice. If I see your husband, your new husband getting gas for you at the gas station, I'm going to show up and pay for the gas. No, you're not. I want him to know. You has always been my woman, and you gonna always be my woman. When he can't buy you a car, I want him to call me. Martin, <laughs> now. Everything you do with him, I want you to see my face. <laughs> Just wow. so we clear. I, honestly, you know what? I, I have not ever heard that type of talk ever in my life. Uh, but I mean, I mean, he's been saying this stuff for over 30 years, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm convinced. I'm just going to believe you. I accept it. You hit I, her like that, Doc? <laughs> you hit her like that, Doc? You hit her like that? She ain't trying to go nowhere. <laughs> She ain't trying to, she going to ignore all them boys that step up on her. She going to be like, no, I can't, I, I, can't mess, I can't mess this up. That boy I'm married to is crazy. It, it, got, really, it got really serious when um, my husband bought me a truck, I think it's seven years ago, and, and um, it was something he wanted me to have, and then he decided what my plates would be on the car, and it is wife for life. So I am always having to make, give explanation for those plates on my car. And I do it with such joy because now I am totally convinced. I pledge and I vow yeah. in return that exact sentiment to him. That's what I'm talking about. I am yours until death do us part. But I am so convinced that God knows how we feel about each other that we're going to be caught up together to meet him in the air together. Yeah. I mean, so... I believe that. Yeah, so now Josh may approach Vanessa, but I'm, I'm not really concerned about Vanessa. I'm concerned about the dude that, but that Vanessa's talking to, him. I have to produce a guy that looks at a girl, his wife, and say, I'm marrying you. This, this is, is it. it. Period. I'm going to keep changing so I can be with you. I'm going to keep growing so I can be with you. I'm going to keep modernizing myself so I can be with you. And so you just got to know now. You just got to know. Yes. I'm, I'm watching my daughter. I'm all on all, all her social media. I'm in the DMs. I'm all up in there. I see the dudes that reach out to her. 
but they don't understand who I am. And she trying to marry me. Okay. Your daughter, your daughter is trying to marry her father. She's looking for her dad. She's looking for her father. Yes. And so her father has made a promise to her mother mm-hmm. of forever. So she ain't really caring about how much hair you got on your head. She can get you some hair. She, she can buy you some teeth. You got stuff put in there, right? Ain't no problem. It's not necessarily how he looks. It's about how he thinks. How he thinks. The man who gets her has to have a big head about big his head. family. Yes. He's got to be plugged into building something that's going to go someplace because that's her father. The, every woman out here who's not married is not married because ain't nobody trying to marry her. She trying to say... No, I can't. Uh, his head is not big enough. His head ain't big enough uh-huh. for her. His head's not big enough for her. So that's why I'm talking to my brothers. Just work on yourself. Just, just, just work on yourself. Do you. Have a relationship with the God who builds you. Have a relationship with your dollars. Mm-hmm. Have a relationship with water. Take a bath. I mean, brush your teeth. Have a clean your ears. I mean, trim your stuff. She can't even look at you for looking away from you. It's repelling. Groom yourself. Take your nails to the sink. Wash them with soap, hot water. Go get a relationship with a cuticle person. Put some Vaseline on your knees. My God. (laughs) My goodness. Please hit your ears. Now, you can talk to me like that, right? Huh? (laughs) Communication. (laughs) Communication only works if both of you are whole. Because if I'm fragile, she can't tell me the truth. And if she's fragile, I won't tell her the truth. So communicating our words, our body language, our actions, yes. all of that has to be communicated. And, and I need to be able to say how I feel in communication. Right. And she needs to be able to say how she feels in communication. Mm-hmm. Even if her feelings are negative about me. And I know my wife is very comfortable because she'll just tell me. She'll just say it. She'll just look me in the eye and say it so that I can understand it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So communication happens between two whole people. Communication in in just a practical way is discussing the burdens of your heart 
are the joys of your heart, opening the windows of your soul and sharing your deepest and truest feelings. Didn't that feel good? So just talking doesn't mean you're communicating. If you're just, you know, chatting it up, you wonder, you, you see your, your, your friend talking to another friend, it's like, she talks so fluidly with her, but see, like, we struggle. It's because there's an environment of communication. Something that's there with that that's not here. And what a good feeling it is to lean into each other and really talk. And to your, uh, to your children, mm -hmm. to your in-laws, yes. to everybody in your family, just to be able to say objectively, never make the person the subject of what you're getting ready to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Linnell, I really think this is an issue that we need to deal with. I never say, Linnell, this is your problem. Yeah. You did it. It's mm -hmm. you. But this is something we need to figure out. How can mm -hmm. we figure this out? Yeah. Without making them feel like they're the problem, even if they are. But uh, <laughs> it's an objective view. It's an object. You're not the subject of it. This is the object that we're dealing with in our family. Sweetheart, children, this is what we're dealing with in, 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 the, in the house. And how many of your children, or how many of you growing up, you would rather your parents just put you in timeout, spank you or something, <laughs> and just not talk to you? It's because when you talk to your children, when you talk to your children instead of disciplining them in a different way, that's when they really learn. Mm -hmm. They learn when you talk to them. They learn when you say something to them. An embarrassing situation, and I won't tell you what situation, uh, which one of my children uh, is the boy, though. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and something happened in Mississippi while they were with their grandparents. Oh. And, uh, so, my, so my son is in Mississippi. We don't do this stuff up here. For the here, summer. For the summer. He's, he's there, and he's playing with one of his cousins. And we tell him, you can't hang out with all your cousins. You can't hang out with all, can't hang out with all your cousins. He hang out with one of his cousins, and the cousin has a uh, high-powered high BB, BB gun. Yeah, didn't tell nobody. Didn't tell grandpa, didn't tell grandma <laughs> that he's out there. <clears throat> so they're shooting at moving targets. On the dirt road, because not many cars come through this road. So no, just a moving target. Yeah. I wouldn't go say a car. Yeah. I wouldn't well, go say a I'll, car. I'll, okay. But since you said a car. There's moving targets, and one of the moving targets, my son decided to shoot at. <laughs> the only one I shot at. <laughs> was a car. He shoots at the car. He hits the window. Jesus. The window shatters. Because there's no other house close, they stop right in front of my in-law's house. Man gets out of the car, and... He said, my window, and Grandpa finds Josh. Do you still have the BB gun in your hand? No. No. Okay, so Bud has the BB gun now. So that, my father-in-law calls me. We get in the car. It's a 16-hour drive. We drive all the way home to Mississippi. And literally for three hours, all I did was talk to my son. And I'm saying, so tell me what was going through your mind. <laughs> Let me inside your head. 
Let me talk to me. I just kept asking questions. I kept asking questions. I kept asking questions. I kept asking questions. And finally he said, when are you going to whip me? <laughs> and I said, I have another question. I have another question for you. I have another question. Well, how much did it cost? So we've already paid for the man. We've already paid to whatever he wants to do for his car. We told him we'd do it. We'd repaint it. we replaced the window. We're just asking you. We're admitting what happened. We're just asking you to work with us and not the police on this. But I promise you, sir, my son will never do anything like that again. Right? So I said, I want to understand you. Why did you do that? What kind of pressure did he put on you to do that? Was this your idea? Where'd this come from? Let me tell you the dream I have for my family. Let me tell you what the vision is. Dad, I know the vision. <laughs> no, you don't know the vision. Because if you knew the vision, <laughs> if you knew what I was trying to build, you wouldn't be doing it. Son, do you see the house your grandparents are living in? You see that house? We bought that house. And now this action could make it unsafe for them to live in the house God blessed for us to buy for them. This gathering around one vision is work. Can I say what I was afraid to say in the beginning? I was afraid to say this for a lot of different reasons. Building a family is the hardest thing you will ever do. And it is forever. It is forever. The hardness of building a family will never go away. In every generation, it will get harder for you. If you're able to see your great-grandchildren, that will be hard to build, keeping everybody together mm. around the same vision, around the same heart, around the same view of the world. Not just you and your wife or your husband, but getting the love of your life to marry you and not be a baby mama or a baby daddy, but a, but a marriage. This is hard work. Nothing will be as difficult as that. But nothing will be more rewarding. So don't quit. Right. You, you don't have a license to quit. Our society needs to see more wins. And God forbid we are not the people that are sitting in these purple chairs to show them those wins. You can work through it. You can get through it together. You got to learn what we took years to learn. You got to keep talking. You can't do what I did. Go and walk around the house for three weeks not saying anything. That's not, that's silly. That's rubbish. We've got to keep talking. We've got to make a decision to be together. And in being together, we've got to keep communicating. We have to. It's not easy. 
And we, we had to put some rules in place. We had to come up with our own Williams rules. My husband had to help me. He had to say, Linnell, it, it, it's, it's excruciating having you in this house not talking to me. I have to talk. That's the family I came from. Well, I came from a family, we just ignored it. We didn't do anything. We kept cooking, kept washing the clothes and doing all the things that my duty as a wife, but I wouldn't talk. But he, he began to say, listen, this, if when, you, when you don't want to talk, at least say this. And this is one of our rules. Give me some time. And then it got to be, but at least give me a timeline. Like maybe not now, but maybe the next 24 hours. Maybe Wednesday or something. But don't just keep me in the dark like this. This is killing our relationship. So you have to talk. You have to learn how to, just because you're talking does not mean you're communicating. You get all choked up like I used to, right up in here, right here. You want to say it. It's in, your, it's in the chest cavity. You want to convey it, and you seem like you can't. But one day, somehow, some way, you're going to get better at it. And he helped me get better at it because we both wanted the same thing. We wanted to be better communicators with each other. Okay, we, we should have been done a few minutes ago. So for anyone in here, and your family could be in a dark place. Or your family could be in a place where you're just trying to figure it out, get your hands on, what are we doing? Where are we going? What does God want to do with my family? You might be there. You might be single and looking for a way to get married and build a family and adding to yourself. Maybe your children are in a different place or you may be going through something that is separating or divorce. What we're saying is that God really cares. He really cares. And it, it really becomes an opportunity to give it to him and say, God, help us work through this. Hmm. Help us stop the generational thing that's going on right now. Because your night won't last forever. Never. It won't. Right. The, and, it, and it, you know, the other scary part about this is, is as pastors for over almost 30 plus years, the sadder part about this is, is when one of us silently have just checked out. And you don't even know that the person that you're lying next to have made up their mind. I'm really out. And that's not fair. So if you're one of those people, I'm asking you to think through it again. You're not the only one. We all have stuff. And we want you to be one of those couples like us. We've got stuff, but we're going to work it out. Too many people are counting on us to work it out. Too many people are looking at you, and you're their only hope. They think you got it together. Just keep working at it. Learn how to talk. Talk to your friend. Help me talk to you. We can do this together. 
We know that close to half of our congregation over the years are not married. And some of those who are not married don't have children. We've known that for a long time. We know that the other 50% of our church has been married. And in that 50% of those who are married, at least 50% of those, their marriages are struggling. We've known that for years. The best we can do is give everybody the information to make it better. That's all we can do. Please, 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 wherever you are, understand that your night won't last forever. Morning is coming. Those of you who are missing your father and missing your mother and missing those who supported you, and during this pandemic, life has shut us down. We're not gathering. We're not talking. We have separation anxiety. We have many who've gone away. They've, they've died during this pandemic they've gotten, or gotten worse. So now is the time to find some other people to join with. Some people you can be honest with, vulnerable with, who can help you walk through this. It's just so important to us. So we just want to pray for you. And we did write a book over 20-some years ago called All Marriages Are Not Created Equal. It is a starting place. It's good for singles as well. It's nine practical uh, principles that you can use this little manuscript to talk about your marriage, read a chapter, and there's homework and things like that, just to start discussions if you don't know where to start. Uh, this is available on our website, so you can think about getting a copy of this little book. All marriages are not created equal, and they're not. So uh, get a microphone, Josh, please, and just, just do this chorus of this for me. But uh, uh, my son was in grad school. He was in grad school, and he came to me one day with tears in his eyes, and I'm like, what's going on? What happened? What's going on? What's happened? What happened? What happened? He said, Dad, how much did that window cost you when you had to re put it back in the man's car? I said, I don't know, son. I, I, I haven't even thought about that. He said, how much was it? I said, I don't know. I don't know how much it was. So he called his grandfather. So 600 and whatever dollars it cost us to replace the window. So my son brought that money to me. He said, here's the, here's the 600 and whatever dollars. He said, I never should have done that, and I didn't know what jeopardy I put my family in when I did it. He said, I didn't know. I said, I know you didn't know. But I'm your father. And I'm going to protect you. But I'm also going to make sure you grow up not being stupid, too. <laughs> that you realize that whatever you do has consequences. Yeah. Right? I just want you to know today, and we just want to pray for you and let you go home, that your night won't last forever. Can I say this, too? Anybody you know who's here... Anybody who's here that may be going through a night season or a struggle season in your family, we just want to pray for you. Is there anyone here who's going through a night season or a struggle season in your family and you wouldn't mind standing up so that we could pray for you? 
I know we're, I know we're over our time, but this, this is so important. Just sing that verse. I, can I say this? Yes. And, and um, I, I, coming through this pandemic, I had to make a decision of the person that I am. And I needed to go and re-represent myself to people that I really love. I, I, I can be a better friend to you. And this is how I can. I, I did have to have some detachments and things like that because that was healthy for me. But let us learn in this season, this holiday time, definitely with our spouses, but don't you want to be a better you to the people that you say that you love? So I'm asking you to re-present yourself to be a better friend, a better sister, a better grandma, a better uncle. Be a better you and see one it make somebody else's world a little brighter. Let your embrace be a little tighter. Let your words be a bit more meaningful. Be more genuine with those that you say that you love. So here's, and, and here's the invitation. Anyone, any family, this is very serious to us. Very serious. Hallelujah. That's why we spend the time. Any family, any person, no matter where you are, and you want people to pray with you. You want people to pray with you. This is what this altar was built for so that people can stand and pray for you, pray with you. And if that's what you'd like, if that's what you'd like, you can come forward. If you want to come forward and have someone pray with you, we'll do that. But otherwise, just as ministry, just sing that part. Let's just worship with that. Your night won't last forever. Morning is coming. There's morning coming in every life. I can see the breaking of day. Morning is coming. Anyone. I can see the breaking of day. Anyone. Jesus, 
May his love go with you in everything that you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless, your, bless one another as you're leaving.